0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, it's all on the table. I'm one of your hosts, Jim Saunders, and joining the podcast, as always, is Cynthia Lee. What's up, Jim? Uh, Nothing much. Uh, What about you?
1: Uh, I've just been, like, packing and getting ready to come back up to Seattle and getting everything... Figure it out for film club and stuff Mm -hmm. It's been fun
0: (laughs) Yeah That's crazy, I'm I'm ready to go back
1: I am definitely Ready to go back I'm Mm -hmm. like in the period of time where it's like I've Like, I'm not working anymore And Mm so I haven't been working for like The past two weeks And it's just been three Yeah, three, not two And it's just been like I haven't had anything to do. And it,
2: mm. it's nice
1: <laughs> to relax, but it's very boring to do nothing sometimes.
0: Right. I, I really feel that. I really feel that.
1: What, um, like, I don't even, I, it's, not, it's not even, like, I just have, like, I do have things that I want to get done. Like, watch some movies, vet some movies for film club and stuff. I just have not had the motivation to do anything because it's just, like, I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. just doing stuff.
0: Right, right. I think I think if you have, like, a summer job, it's just a nice...
1: Move w- around and just do something.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like you're kind of... Even if you're not doing much, like, I currently work part-time at a pizza place, but I'm just like, okay, I'm making money. I'm doing something. Yeah, right?
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, I totally know what you mean. It's nice to just relax, because that's, you know, what summer's
1: about, but... Like a certain point, you just kind of are over it It's like when you go on vacation and you're like, oh, I've been on vacation for a week But sometimes you feel vacationed out, you know, Mm -hmm. and you just want to get back to doing something Though, not very hyped about going back to school and actually work I don't know, (laughs) the prospect of me studying and doing homework is not very enticing But I'm excited to be back for Film Club
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too, me too I mean, I'm, I'm excited for some of the classes I'm doing, but uh, it's, just a lot of, it's just a lot of stress. But, uh, you know, we'll deal with it.
1: Oh, we'll yeah. It. I'm, like, excited to learn about the cool stuff that I'm doing. Like, I'm taking some really interesting classes next mm. quarter. It's just, like, I know they're going to involve homework and studying and stressing right. in an unbelievable amount more than I am right now. I, have, I don't think I have stressed this summer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've I've stressed about things that like aren't school related, but I don't know if I'm ready for like school related stress just yet. And also like half the classes I'm doing next quarter are like prereqs for majors I'm applying to, so that's Ooh,
1: uh, Yeah, yeah, I can uh, feel that. Yeah. Good thing I'm over that and I'm just taking upper dubs at this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> it's look, a different type of stress, especially yeah. in my major, but <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. today though. We're gonna be talking about the ultimate film bro movie.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, this is definitely on top of it. If you have seen the title of the pod already, we're gonna be talking about Inception. It's like mm-hmm. Inception, another Nolan film of Interstellar and like Fight Club are like the ultimate bro films. Yeah. Every time I go to um so at Regal, the workers there always have favorite movie tags. Like their name tag, it's like their name and then favorite movie underneath. I don't know mm-hmm. why I pay attention to these things. But I always I, find I've it noticed really it too. I find it always interesting where it's like if it's a teen boy working <laughs> at the ticket station, it's either Inception, Interstellar, or Fight Club as their or Star Wars, but I don't really count <laughs> Star Wars as a film bro movie. But those yeah. three I see all the time on like a teenage boy who's just working at the ticket stands favorite movie.
0: Or like Pulp f- Fiction.
1: Oh yeah, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like they like it for like the wrong reasons, <laughs> uh, especially <yeah>. Fight
2: Club.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I think I think it it, I mean of of the three you mentioned, I feel like it very specifically, exclusively counts as only Fight Club because people like Fight Club for the like complete the wrong greedy reasons,
1: masculinity of it, but like. That's not, but that's what it's the critiquing. The point of the film yeah. is, yeah, critiquing that. I think, I think with these films, it's like it feels enough of a deep cut where it makes you feel smart that you like these movies or in the know how, but it's mm-hmm. also not extremely popular as like an Avengers where you don't feel so mainstream, I guess. Mm-hmm. I feel that way with most Nolan films, even though I was looking because I was vetting films for Film Club and I was going through films that hopefully like most of the films we're doing next quarter, people have not seen some of them. Mm-hmm. And I was going through Nolan. I was like, oh, are there anything, anything we could pick out of his filmography? And I was looking and I was like, oh, my God, Letterbox like. He averages 200,000 people watching his movies. So that's 200,000 users have logged his movies as they've seen. And then Mm -hmm. I I think I was on, like, A League of Their Own or Personal Shopping. It was like, 30K. And I was like, oh, my God. Nolan is like, he's like such a, I feel like he's a low-key director. He seems like he's underrated, but he's not.
2: Mm -hmm. His, his
0: movies are undeniably mainstream.
1: Yeah. And I feel like... Um, but there's a sense that his films aren't mainstream at the same time. hmm Like, when Dunkirk came out, I know a bunch of people in the film club were like, yes, Dunkirk is so good. And I remember it coming out, and I was... And I remember, like, the people I knew... The only reason why Dunkirk, people were talking about Dunkirk was because Harry Styles was in it.
0: <laughs> oh, you mean in terms of like actual like pop culture stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems yeah.
1: he seems out of the mainstream yet. So in the mainstream at the same time,
0: mm-hmm. it's it's if one of those things where sense. like like everyone knows his movies, but they might not always like talk about them, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Like everyone is is so aware. I mean, he, he directed a freaking The Dark Knight, which is like number four highest rated of all time on IMDb which i feel like his his <sighs> movies his movies resonate more with the imdb crowd than the letterboxd crowd yeah for sure for sure <laughs> yeah yeah
1: i don't know who uses imdb to like actually log and review i've never used it i hate the ui of imdb i think it's super yeah. ugly mm-hmm. that's like one of the websites i wish i could just go to their company and be like hey i want to redo your whole website it is Garbo. I prefer using Wikipedia and Letterboxd mm-hmm. over IMDb sometimes. And those are er, Letterboxd is is more on the social media side and Wikipedia is definitely not for films, right. but for some reason just IMDb is so garbage in my opinion. The thing is <laughs> that is, I is, have to use Wikipedia or Letterboxd because it's is, so cleaner.
0: If I like I feel like if Letterboxd made like a couple different additions or changes then it would make IMDb completely redundant.
1: Oh, there's so many things I want to, like, just go to Letterboxd HQ and be like, can you do this, 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 this? There's so many things. Like, it's perfectly fine right now. I really Mm -hmm. like the app. It's just, like, there are different things that they can add on to it that Mm -hmm. seems so easy and so nest Like, it's pretty much in every other app social media type app yet it doesn't have it like one thing I wanted want them to do is like a groups thing Mm -hmm. because I I was thinking of like oh we can do a UW film club groups letterbox page where people can just talk about the films we watch at film club
0: yeah I I, and
1: that does not exist
0: because you have reviews and people can comment on those reviews and you can follow people to see their uh, there's stuff, but you don't have. You
1: can't like create can't, a conversation that well. There's
0: not like like uh, DMs or anything. There's it's just like you have you can connect with other people, but you can only really talk to them when they post a review and you comment on it.
1: Yeah, but like commenting on a post seems so. The power dynamic when you comment on a post. This is so irrelevant to Inception, but the power <laughs> dynamic that you have when you comment on a post is so weighed in one direction because the person who posts it and then you're, the people who comment after it, like the poster has so much power over the people who are commenting. Mm-hmm. And they can, it's, it just feels weird. Like there's a weird power dynamic in between that, in my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That it just doesn't bode well to facilitate, to in facilitating conversations. Also, it always looks super ugly. When of, there's like twenty comments, and it's just two people going back and forth.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of agree and disagree because I feel like it depends on the film, and it's. But I feel like oh yeah, a lot of it too could just be like a self fulfilling prophecy. Like oh my god, I love this movie too. I love this movie too. I love this movie too. And then mm-hmm. there's not a ton of room for discussion. I think there could there could be more to uh, improve that improve the actual social media aspect of it yeah and also oh sorry and also um i really wish there was like there's like awards information because that's like the only reason i go to imdb is to see like oh "Oh, was this movie nominated for an oscar
1: wikipedia is better (laughs) no but wikipedia is so much better for those things trust me i
0: only (laughs) like the imdb app to do that because you open up a movie and then like it it You scroll down, and it says nominated for whatever Oscars, and you click on it, and it shows more info. That's the only reason I go on the IMDb app anymore. There's so many
1: times where I've tried to download the IMDb app, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to, like, actively use it and check on, like, oh, what movies are coming out and stuff like that. And it's just so bad that I delete it, like, two or three days later. It's, (laughs) uh. But some people like it. I can't believe people actually pay for IMDb Pro, though. That's, like, wild in my opinion. What even is it? I don't know. I feel like the only people that might actually find it useful is, like, industry people or Mm. film critics and stuff like that. Because it probably, like, makes looking up information a little more easier. I don't Mm -hmm. know exactly. I know it's a thing and you can pay for it. right. IMDb free is already pretty bad, so <laughs> I
0: don't Do you, know if that's
1: a hot take or not. But <laughs> IMDb,
0: uh, did you hear about IMDb TV? Oh, God.
1: I know that you can watch movies on IMDb, like some of them for free. Is that yeah, what it is? There's
0: like, I, I, I just stumbled upon it the other day, and I don't know how long it's been a thing. But like you could stream like Drive and La La Land, like completely for free. For free,
1: but with ads.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh fuck that. That's channel. how that's how most of those work. Like, if I did, if
1: I wanted to do that, I'd just turn on the TV. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I mean it's it's nice if you don't already own those movies and you're like,
1: eh, let me yeah, but sadly I do own both of them, so or not sadly, a good yeah. thing. But I own those, so whoops. <laughs> I, st-
0: I still haven't seen Drive. Drive is another film bro movie. Oh, I yeah. still haven't seen. I That's own a it, more
1: deeper cut film bro movie.
0: Not really, though. I mean, it's Compared still, to
1: what we're going to be talking about, Inception? Inception? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, Again,
1: I mean, ma- if it's yeah. a favorite film of a regal teenage boy... <laughs> Not saying, like, they don't have a wide range of movie knowledge. It just seems like... I go to the... I go to Regal quite a bit, and it's a different teenage boy each time, with either Inception, right. Interstellar, or Fight Club as their favorite movie. They're all great films. It just seems like a general trend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think people are, have <laughs> eno- had enough of us talking about our rant on that IMDb. Was, that was
0: that was a nice IMDb <laughs> rant. Letterbox.
1: Sign up for Letterbox. Follow us on Letterbox.
0: Yeah, like if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have Letterboxd, what where where have you been? What have you been doing? Actually Do it, it wastes
1: a lot of time. I wouldn't recommend that. If you're like if you already spend a lot of time on social media and you are aware of it, I would actually kind of just not there's it just it baffles me how much time I spend on Letterboxd, which is unhealthy. But I use letterbox to find movies to make questions for for Jeopardy. So oh. <laughs> if you wanna get a I feel
0: that. Um, heads
1: up or uh ahead of Jeopardy, <laughs> go on Letterbox.
0: I'll, I'll be just telling them to to go on Letterbox to cheat.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> mm, okay,
0: okay, okay. Well, uh, but we're
1: we're here to talk about inception
0: <laughs> Yeah, I was looking for a better segue, but let's no, just, let's just jump right bad, into it. we do bad.
1: We do bad segues. Let's just Never. jump right into yeah, it. Yeah. So we're talking about Inception, directed by Christopher Nolan. It came out... We were just talking about this off mic. It came out 10 years ago? 2009? No,
0: 2010. 2010. Nine nine years ago.
1: Just just about 10, though. Yeah, just about 10. Came out nine years ago. Nine... I remember Inception really well because that year had, like, a weirdly good slate of movies. It had... Inception and Glorious Bastards came out that year, I believe. Um, oh,
0: I think, wait, hold Toy on. Toy
1: Story 3 came out that year? This is, this is like Avatar year, Hurt Locker year, I believe.
0: I think you're confusing 20, 2009
1: and 2010. Oh, am I?
0: Yeah, Glorious I Bastards was 2009, Fuck. and Avatar was the end of 2009.
1: Fuck me. I'm so sorry. I totally do research. <laughs> I swear they were in the They're same Oscar enough. year. They're close
0: enough. Um, oh, fuck! No, but there was a there was a bunch of movies. Really oh, great this is King movies.
1: Speech year, isn't it?
0: Uh, let's see.
1: Oh, it's The Fighter, 127 Hours, Black Swan, King Speech, Kids Are Alright, so, Social Network. That's yep. It's this is Social Network, Toy Story Three year, True Grit year, and Black uh-huh. Swan, which are all great movies.
0: They're, I think all those were nominated for Best Picture. Including, uh, including Inception, right? Including yeah. Inception, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm
1: looking at the, I'm looking at the nominees that year. It's The Fighter, 127 Hours, that movie I can never get through because I know about it. It just makes me like shudder thinking about I, it.
0: I still have never seen it, but I, uh, I, yeah. I don't
1: think I ever will. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Black Swan, The King's Speech, Inception, The Kids Are Alright. The Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, and Winter's Bone. Mm-hmm. So pretty decent year. I don't know what the hell the kids are all right is doing on here, but okay. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> so this came out the same year that like Jennifer Lawrence's career took off. That's wild.
1: Yeah. Winter's Bone. So yeah. fucking good. Yeah. My, one way. My. I liked that movie a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Social Network didn't win best picture or any award or it won adapted that's wait what
0: a, what, did, and what score. did what did in that year what
1: uh, wikipedia says the fighter the mark Wahlberg film um I oh that's weird imdb
0: imdb says the king's speech won
1: oh it wait no it is the king's speech i remember that why doesn't wikipedia say the fight oh fuck now uh, that goes against my whole rant about IMDb. <laughs> <sighs> Wikipedia is not accurate. No. Wikipedia says the fighter one. It's definitely the King's Speech. Wikipedia says the fighter won. Wow. Huh. We're exposing Wikipedia live on... Frauds. Our, yeah. No, definitely King's Speech won. I remember... Because I was talking to... I don't know who I was talking about. And I was like, the King's Speech is not horrible. It's like a very Oscar movie. So I understand why it won. Mm-hmm. Can you believe the King's Speech is made is directed by the guy who's directing Cats? I was Tom just Hooper. gonna say that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh my I, god. Tom Hooper
1: drives me nuts the way he directs because he never, he's like, yeah, straight, straight frame. That those are non-existent. Everything needs to be tilted in his Everything, world. Where like nothing is centered in the middle. His character, if they're. In the frame is always like on the very side, on like a corner, and then he like tilts his frame to like create this weird. Just it creates no effect whatsoever. Or it's,
0: there's like, or there's like extreme close-ups, and they're like, uh huh, out of focus, and it, it it's it is. I don't
1: extremely know. noticeable in Miz and it. Does nothing yeah. it does nothing but I think, it, you just scratch your head and you're like, what why did I think he, he
0: that? won best director for the king's speech yeah, he did and yeah I, he did Ugh. I'm not really oh, sure no. why I'm not really sure he why. he' probably
1: got his blank checks and now he can make um cats cats
0: <laughs> he's his it's his passion project he's always wanted to make the cats
1: movie <laughs> oh my God, that trailer is so. Uh, when I saw it, I like gasped, and my I was, I was, in um, was that the, I was just sitting there, and my dad was um like cooking or something, and I was, I watched it, I was like, oh! and my dad was like, what the fuck happened, <laughs> <laughs> and then I showed him the trailer, and he was like, oh, that's very weird.
0: I um, I saw it yesterday at the theater because uh, I watched another cat movie. Uh, oh, Lion I, King? I finally gave in and saw The Lion King.
1: Mm, I don't think I'll ever do that unless I see it for free.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I went on a, I went on a Tuesday, so it was, like, discounted tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And,
0: and that's I why. always
1: watch bad movies on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah.
0: I kind of want to do a podcast on just, like... Both talking about the old one and the new one. Oh, or that the original I and the new one. I have
1: to watch it.
0: No, not necessarily. It doesn't mean we are going to do a podcast on it. I just really want to. Because the original is a fucking perfect movie in every single way. And then the new one... I know we are not talking about Inception, but I don't care. I really want to talk about this. The new one is insulting. It is... Literally it's like it's like if someone go if,
1: off Jim. If, go off. If
0: a, if like the whole thing feels like a fucking video game cutscene because it pretty much is. It's a tech <laughs> demo of like, hey, what if we can make a li- the Lion King into a, a a live action but not really thing? <laughs> and it's just uninspired and bland and boring and the humor that they add is not funny. Like <laughs> All the humor is like so spot on in the original. It's just. Okay, I, w- I went with a friend, right? And mm-hmm. my friend was just like, Oh, I mean, I haven't seen the original Lion King, but I see no problem with this movie. Like, how That's like, probably. Why, why can't you just.
1: That's probably it. It's like. If you haven't seen the original Lion King, then probably. I well, mean, and there, it's there like, is a reason why it made a lot of money. Someone had to like
0: it. I, I, it's just it's just disney baking up nostalgia but also it's just like uh, he also told me uh, what did he say he was like he was like oh like why can't you just look at it as its own movie but you can't like it's it's just actually impossible because not even that it's a reboot that it's literally basically shot for fucking shot the original movie
1: it's fucking called I don't, lion King. It is
0: so it is so indebted to the original that it can't stand on its own as its own thing. Like it does everything that the original movie does, but so much worse. It just hurts I even seen more. It,
1: so I can't It say. just hurts
0: even more because the original is so perfect.
1: I haven't seen the original ever. I'm sorry. Ever. We should probably talk about Inception now, because that's <laughs> probably why people clicked on this podcast, and we're 25 minutes in, and we haven't talked Jeez. about other than the fact that Inception is a super bro film.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: yeah, Inception came out 2010, <laughs> directed by that's Christopher right. Nolan, the ultimate film bro director, other mm-hmm. than David Fincher yep. and Quentin Tarantino. Yep. Um, it stars... It has a pretty meaty cast. It has Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio, Ellen Page... Um,
0: Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom there Hardy. There we go.
1: I was like uh, 500 Days of Summer guy. Why am yeah. I not remembering his name?
0: Marion uh, Cotillard.
1: That's mm, how you pronounce yeah. your name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ken Watanabe is in it.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I remember this movie coming out, and I was 11... <laughs> It's Mm PG-13, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I remember just a lot of people liking it, even though I was 11. Mm -hmm. Thinking about it now, it really affirms the idea of film bros watching films the wrong way. Because, like, I feel like people like like Inception because it kind of fucks with your brain a little bit. And you feel Mm kind of smart that you got through it. It fucks with your brain visually as well as mentally. Mm-hmm. It has a very surface-level trickery to it.
0: Yeah, I can I can see that. That I, a lot of
1: people can catch on.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... I and think it requires
1: a little more thinking if you want to go deeper into the film, but it is satisfi- it will like, satisfy someone who just sees it in the surface level.
0: Yeah, no, I... I, I agree with that, because I feel like there is a lot more under the surface if you really want to delve into it. And, like, mm-hmm. all the mind-bending set pieces are, are really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes, like, the plot might be, like, a little, little weird to follow just because you're going through all these different uh, dream states mm-hmm. or whatnot. But I feel like thematically, it's pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think maybe those kind of people weren't really looking into how it was, like how, what it's saying thematically, which I think, mm-hmm. again, is, is, is really, is, is pretty straightforward and yeah. more thinking about like, Oh, trying to follow cool all these set
1: action piece yeah. that kind of is visually appealing. That's also trickery and trying to follow the plot, which is already kind of a little hard to follow, Yeah, but you I think, can follow it.
0: I think if I have a one gripe with it is, is I think the plot, Comes across a little bit unnecessarily convoluted. I think, oh yeah,
1: I definitely want to talk about that a little bit. But
0: before I, we do, should I we? I think. It, oh, sorry. Kind of
1: go over the plot first, to the best of our ability of explaining it.
0: <laughs> this is what I was sort of worried about because it's like a little bit hard to describe. So it's this guy who um, he's basically a thief, but um, in the sense where he goes, he does this thing called in- extraction. Where mm-hmm. he goes inside people's dreams to sort of get into their self, their subconscious, and extract information from them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's basically like an action espionage. It's a
1: heist. It's a heist film.
0: Heist movie. 100% yeah, yeah. Percent. Is, this is yeah, a heist yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think a lot of heist films also are sort of a, a metaphor for like the art of movie making themselves mm-hmm. and maybe that's why like film Bros are so attached to this movie because it's mm-hmm. like sort of a self-congratulatory like filmmaking thing mm-hmm. but I think I think the the main premise is 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 really cool
1: um, yeah so basically um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character Cobb mm-hmm. as you mentioned he's an extractor so he steals like information from and the way he does it is going into people's dreams um if you want to figure out how that works you should probably watch the movie because it's a little weird to explain but basically like they connect themselves to people's dreams Mm -hmm. and then they build worlds within their dreams so the person who's dreaming doesn't know that someone's fucking with their brain and it that it's just a dream that they are having because they're asleep Mm -hmm. Um, and so leonardo dicaprio's character oh man i keep doing that Cobb is hired to do this thing that no one really knows to do except for him called Inception. Haha. Ha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Inception is basically implanting information in someone's dream in a way where it feels like the idea that they implanted in someone's mind came naturally to them, not that someone implanted it within their brain.
0: Mm hmm. I think that that idea itself is really cool and has really weird and also kind of dangerous implications. Mm -hmm. And we see that through um, what happens with his wife. And I don't know if we Mm want to talk about that just now or we want to wait a little bit because it's spoilers. I guess this whole podcast is spoilers, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, just like the reason why doing inception is so hard for well it's really hard cuz no one does it but the reason why it's even harder for this particular group to do it is because Cobb has done it with his wife before
2: mm-hmm.
1: and because and when he did it with his wife they went so deep into a dream state that they to like enjoy and relax themselves but his wife kind of was not herself the whole time during that dream state when they were just relaxing in that dream state and so he Uh performed Inception on her to make her like enjoy that dream world but then it kind of fucked with her because when they came out of the dream world she kept thinking she was still in a dream world and that the only way for her to get out is actually kill herself Uh and so she killed him herself and Cobb has always felt guilty about causing the death of his wife. And so it's something that he represses in his dream world all the time. Uh And so when Cobb goes out and performs missions to extract information, oftentimes she comes back. She comes, randomly appears in these worlds to come and kill him Uh because in your dream world, like, People will come and kill you be, if you stand out or something. And so one of the people that always comes to try and kill Leo is his wife.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Cobb. Oh, my God. Not Leo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then when when you die in the dream, you, you um, wake up, you wake up unless you're sedated. Mm-hmm. And when you die in a dream, when you're sedated, then you could be stuck in limbo for forever.
1: Um, it's very complicated. I would just watch the movie. Yeah. It, yeah. it visually... it Like, us auditorily saying it out loud, it will be very confusing. But trust me, if you just watch it, like, what goes on in the movie visually makes sense. Makes mm-hmm. it make sense. In a way that I don't think we can do justice of just talking about it.
2: Yeah. But I basically,
1: Cobb has demons, and that's why it, him doing Inception is very difficult because he can get trapped in these dream worlds really... And found out within the dream worlds really quickly... Mm-hmm. If he goes in because his wife is there to try and kill him.
0: Mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, again, I think a lot of the plot details, if you try to recount them... Are... Like, they're going to seem really complicated. And not, I think that might be my biggest issue with that, it.
1: That's one of my issues with it because... Definitely, I mean, I watched this when I was 11, and I don't recall remembering that much about it, other than it was really cool, and it was cinematically really cool as well. Uh So I I kind of, my brain kind of forgot, like, the nitty-gritty and the details of the plot itself. And if you go back and watch this film, the first hour is exposition dump on another level. Yeah. And it's something that Nolan kind of does often. His Movies are very plotty, very yeah. narratively driven that you need to understand like what's going on
2: mm-hmm.
1: beat by beat in his narratives. And I think Inception kind of deters because of it because you mm-hmm. need to know what's going on or else right. the themes might not hit that well.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where I think the the complexity of the plot is something that's like both a a negative and a positive because it in a positive it's in the really sense really original it, oh it's super like i i think this was it nominated for original screenplay
1: it- de- didn't win uh wait let me see i don't know if it's yeah it was orig- oh, okay it, it it was it didn't win did it no
0: no and i think it is a it is a really weird idea the the thing about like just having dreams within dreams and then having it all be like a metaphor for dealing with your past and all the shit that you like carry with you, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which I think is, I think thematically, uh, is
1: really interesting.
0: Yeah. 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 easily the best, my, my favorite aspects of it, other than like the crazy action set pieces are just Mm -hmm. like the thematically what it's really all about. But I think, uh, in terms of the plot, details and elements, I think that it might be a positive in the sense where it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you, mm-hmm. like, it, it makes you, for better or worse, like, keep thinking about, like, what's going on and... and what's
1: going to happen next and stuff right, like that. Right. And all the different possibilities that can go on within this world. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Nolan has to dedicate almost an hour in the beginning just explaining what is going on
0: just making sure the audience like knows what's happening because it's such it's such i mean
1: ellen page's character is literally us
2: yeah she's the audience
1: surrogate we Mm -hmm. are like her just trying to understand everything in an hour and then the next hour and a half is like okay we're doing it
0: right even like an hour and a half into it uh Arthur Joseph Gordon Levitt's character is explaining to Ariadne, who's Ellen Page's character, like what's going on. Like we are very much still living through, uh, living vicariously through Mm -hmm. Ellen Page.
1: Honestly, like thought I like understanding the plot for me was much more easier when they actually did it rather than like explaining it in the first half. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think that's the the whole again, my big issue with it, because I feel like Nolan is already so good at showing and not telling mm-hmm. that I feel like him trying to tell is almost like a, a it's forcing something that's not natural for him.
1: Yeah. Because like I, I feel like he's such whole... a good
0: visual storyteller. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. It's almost not necessary, but it kind of is. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Yeah. because. In the beginning, I'm gonna keep calling her Ellen Page's character because I keep forgetting her Ar- name.
0: Ariadne, Ariadne. I think oh that's how my you pronounce God, it.
1: Really? That's her name.
0: Ariadne. Yeah. I th- I could be pronouncing it wrong. I don't know. But okay.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, Ariadne. Just say
0: know. Ellen Page. It's so much Ellen easier. Ellen Page. Okay. <laughs>
1: There's a scene in the beginning of the f- on the film where Cobb meets Ellen Page's character, and he's like explaining to her. This is how you build um, a landscape or whatever they call it again. It's been a week since I've seen this film. This is how you build like a dreamscape for someone and mm-hmm. this can this this can happen and this can happen like people will come and look at you if you create something that's odd people will try to there are the surroundings that you will you have created will subconsciously try and attack you because you're creating something odd and the body is rejecting what you are creating or the mind is. And like that scene is very, very like exposition dump where Cobb literally is word for word telling us this is what's happening, this is what's happening, this is what's Mm -hmm. happening, this is what's happening. And even though we've kind of got a brief bit of it in the beginning when Cobb, Joseph Lord, Gordon Levitt's character and whoever the original guy was, was trying to Extract something from Ken Watanabe's character but it seems but like then Nolan does like his visual stuff within that scene and you're like oh mm-hmm. I get why we need it yeah. it's just it feels like a exposition dump at the same time
0: yeah I think oh okay yeah I, I agree with you about the expo- exposition part of that scene but like the the part where they actually mess with like the physics of the world and it turns turns inside itself impressive and that's that's part of the reason why so we were talking earlier about how this movie is nine ten years old now and it looks the the effects are incredible and they look like they could have been made like now
1: Mm -hmm. I I honestly wish I saw this in IMAX I watched I, it
0: on my TV. I'm seeing. I saw. I watched it on my laptop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I I'm definitely seeing. I never see movies in 3D or IMAX or any of any of that anymore. And like, I really want to see Tenet in IMAX because I know that's where visual. Well, that's what
1: Nolan does. Like, yeah, you know, uh, the new movie Gemini Man. I, there's no way in hell I'm watching. Like, I'm watching that in whatever On Lee did it in, which was like a hundred and some like, some crazy frame per second. Like, there are certain movies where, and certain directors that have gone and chosen the way they want to shoot movies that you kind of feel like you just need to honor that.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think Nolan is one of them. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in 35mm?
1: No, I didn't get to, which
0: okay. kind of sucks. Yeah. I
1: was trying to see it in 70 mil at one of his theaters in L.A. and just never got there, mm-hmm. so...
0: Yeah, I, I feel that. I, I was going to see it at one of the Seth theaters, but yeah. couldn't make it. Anyway, but... um,
1: But this film cinematography is, like, amazing. Yeah. I think, especially because Nolan is able to present us this weird complicated storyline where it kind of he's written himself like a way to just play around with cinematography where it feels okay he's not Mm -hmm. doing it because oh look look at me i'm a really good director i'm just gonna do these cool things it adds it's part of the story and it's necessary for in the story where it feels natural but it's also really cool and really Mm -hmm. exciting
0: I feel like a lot of these elements that he brings in would make for like a really cool short film,
2: mm-hmm.
0: just because I feel like in that would clear up a lot of the the, the plot details and mm-hmm. some of the confusion. Not necessarily saying that there's a lot of confusion, but but I, I think again where this film really has the film's core strengths are with metaphorically what it all represents, like thematically and everything, mm-hmm. but. But also, just the journey that he takes that Nolan takes you on visually and odd. and
1: he's able to bring together the metaphor with the visual yeah, along with the story a bit, but <laughs>
0: I think it's like honest to God, I think it's like near perfect visual storytelling, but mm-hmm. the exposition dumps are where I think it, the movie takes a, a dip in quality a little bit because I think that. Mm-hmm. Those scenes could have been cleared up a bit or modified. Where I don't know, like do, I, yeah, yeah I don't I know, know if they're necessary
1: or not. I mm, I don't know because like, you do kind of have to get a sense of what the hell's going on because before the exposition dump, there's like a good twenty minutes before where they perform an extraction, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like in the opening, you're like, "Oh yeah, my god!" In
1: it was just like a weird heist and you're like what
0: the It's hell? like this person's dreaming and this person's dreaming and now they're awake but yeah. but then the other guy comes in and it's like oh it's been my dream all along huh, yeah, psych psych, yeah, yeah. got him but mm-hmm. you're like what's what's happening
1: <laughs> Psych, got him yeah. that's a whole film <laughs> <laughs> Um another thing I kind of have a problem with this film this is, I don't know cuz like I don't know if I have a problem with it or not because I remember I was taking notes when I was watching it The third act is this big, bombastic action set piece Uh cut in with um, Cobb confronting his wife when they're in a dream sequence. Uh And in that third act, when I was watching it and I was, like, taking notes, I was like, wow, he's actually doing a pretty impressive job doing, like, short scene cutting, which he likes to do a lot.
2: Like
0: the... the Kuleshov effect thing where it's like the two scenes simultaneously
1: happening. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what the word's called. Basically, he goes like back and forth between scenes to make it seem like they're simultaneously happening, which Mm -hmm. heightens the tension a lot. I think Nolan does a really excellent job like creating tension that way. But also like what I thought Nolan was trying to do with Inception because he implements this really familial, intimate story line that drives the whole story I thought it would be a little more intimate and this film doesn't really get there in the way that I think I wanted maybe uh-huh. and that's why because before the before we recorded this we kind of were talking about how Inception and Memento kind of explore the same themes of like what is real and what do you want to be your truth and what do you not want uh-huh. to be your truth and stuff like that mm uh-huh. But and I actually, feel,
0: like, mod- modifying that, like, yeah, having control like, over that. Do
1: we have control of what mm-hmm. we want to be deemed as real and what do mm-hmm. we not have control? And we're just simply reacting the and whole time. And
0: that, all that uh, thinking and, and, and feeling stems from these past mistakes and wishing that mm-hmm. you can change things in your past. Yeah. Um, which I think makes... Uh, the metaphor here, and in Memento, I think I think the metaphor is a little bit stronger in Memento. Personally, me too, but, um, me
1: too, because just yeah. the way they execute it in Memento, it's like I know it's really annoying that spoiler alert for Memento a bit, but it is a l- like he kind he has short term memory, and so basically that's kind of the the narrative, the plot device used to kind of explain the metaphors going on in memento where inception is just purely the familial plot where memento is like the things that we've done in the past and then the short-term memory really like explains it the um, short-term memory kind of adds an element where inception it uses dreams and and the past as the well and dreams for me always have this very intimate and ethereal vibe to it uh-huh. that it just does not really come out in Inception the way that I wanted to if that makes sense where like uh-huh. short term memory and the past and just the way he executes it in Memento it works better yeah if I that think... makes any sense <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah I think in Memento the whole past and figuring out what the truth is uh, element To that narrative works a lot better in terms of being paired with thematically what it's saying because I Mm -hmm. think because, uh, like,
1: the whole time, but what the movie is doing in Memento is that it makes us as a viewer need to put together the puzzles as well because, mm -hmm. again, spoiler alert, it's not linear, yeah, it is very not linear where Inception Mm -hmm. is linear until like the end and or like the beginning is non-linear a bit and then we're like it's hard to explain because nolan does this a lot where like the first 20 minutes are the future and then Mm -hmm. he completely does like a good hour and a half to two hours of linear stuff and then you kind of come back to what we saw in the beginning nolan does that a lot trust me where memento is not exactly that because memento is like a Merging of two separate timelines coming together, and at the end, sorry if you've never seen Memento and you're listening to this.
0: <laughs> um, no, we, we haven't spoiled too much. Like we haven't really said what, yeah. like what happens in that movie, but um.
1: But like, I m- think- because of that, I feel like you already know as a viewer that you're like you're needing to solve the puzzle of his past and his future, and you're having to piece together. It almost feels like. Okay, wait. What is real and what is not? Because you are presenting me this in a weird way, mm-hmm. where like Inception is pretty linear, I would say. Yeah, I think, and yeah, that's
0: what leaves me feeling like Memento is a little bit stronger of a film. I think that's still my favorite of of Nolan's. Me I haven't too. seen all of his, me but too. <laughs> um, I f- I feel like it was a smart choice for them to not m- to to shoot all those dream scenes in the same way that they do the actually when they're awake scenes, because it's, it makes the, I mean, at least in theory would make the audience have to have to think more about like, okay, where are we now? And, and but I feel like it's always pretty straightforward when they're in a dream and when they're not like if you're okay. following. So I feel like that maybe I don't know.
1: Well, I just feel like, for Inception, I think what Nolan... Nolan is trying to lean more into like an empathetic... Empathetic? I think that's what... Yeah. Empathic. I mean, say, empathic. There we go. Words are hard. He's yeah. leaning more <laughs> for an empathic tone where I don't think Memento does
2: mm-hmm.
1: lean that way. You, I mean, yeah, you kind of feel bad. But like in Inception, you really feel bad for Cobb just because yeah. of the situation that he's put mm-hmm. himself in and, like, the things that he's chosen to do. And the scene where he's confronting his wife, it's supposed to... I think it's supposed to be, like, very emotive and really bittersweet, but I just never get that. Uh I don't think Nolan leans enough into it where, like, I'm sold that this is an empathic film. It doesn't give me the vibes of revival, but I feel like... If it reached the kind of, I can't say this because Arrival is like one of my favorite films of all time. But like Arrival has a more emotional, bittersweet feeling to it that I think Inception wants but doesn't mm-hmm. get there.
0: Yeah, I mean Inception is really more of like Arrival an action heist, feel,
1: yeah, cool exactly.
0: movie. As I think that's that's what I was trying to get at. The, what separates that and Memento is Memento is you're very much like figuring out the narrative it is it is a mind game and i feel like it makes it uh, It an interesting an interesting duality in memento because it's a it's like a mind game for the audience Mm -hmm. and i guess a a little bit for the main character but also and then in inception it's just we're kind of witnessing it offhand yeah yeah i think it makes it seem like a much more like cool fun movie with a lot of Great elements underneath the surface if you want to unpack that, but you could also enjoy it on a surface level. Whereas I think in Memento, you have to really, really be invested in it or you're not going to get anything out of it.
1: Yeah, but like, I don't know. There's just something off in the third act for me. Like the third act is this huge action set piece that's intercut with like these really enriching and supposedly emotive, Emotional sequences of, like, intimacy Uh of him confronting something that's haunted him for so long. And I just think, like, at the time when I was watching, I was like, oh, like, no one's doing a good job balancing emotion and tension in a way that makes me feel like I'm on the edge of the seat. But at the same time, I felt like I wanted more from, like, his confronting and, like, I don't know. I just wanted a more emotional bittersweet feeling to it uh-huh. that maybe I'm just like expecting too much but something just feels off in Inception like I feel like it could have been just a bit more at the end you know
2: I feel like
0: maybe that might be the the point though I mean they do go well, especially because in,
1: the last sequence the last for shot me, especially the, yeah yeah the last shot is really like however you interpret it like whether you thought that like when he was he was dreaming the whole time like this whole thing was a dream or like if you thought like oh the parts where he said he's in real life he's in real life and when he's in his dream he's in his dream Mm -hmm. and at the end it's supposed to hint that he's dreaming when he sees his kids and for me that part is like supposed to feel like sweet because it's the first time he sees his kids faces and he sees his kids faces and he's like I don't care if I'm in a reality or a dream anymore I'm finally living the world in which I want to be in which is with my kids and being able to actually see their faces because throughout this film he never gets whenever he enters a dream and he gets to the part where his kids are just standing outside he never chooses to see their faces because He knows he can't get out. He will not be able to get out of it
2: Uh Uh because he's
1: so desperate to see the children. Where The last scene, it feels like, oh, he saw his children and the power of family, like family and wanting to be there for your children outweighs the whole mind game that he's played with himself of this dream, creating dreams and stuff like that.
2: And that seems
1: very bittersweet. It just, I feel like it's not earned in a way.
0: Thematically, I think it's, that really, that seems really uh, similar to Interstellar too. I've I not like seen the, Interstellar. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I, I i won't really say much then, but I feel like mm-hmm. the, the, the third act of that really enforces this idea of like family and like, I haven't seen that that
1: movie in forever. That's why I, like, compared it with Arrival, because Arrival kind of ends with a similar conclusion where, spoiler alert for Arrival, like, she chooses to have a child even though she knows that child will die. Yeah. But, like, that... The ending sequence for me in Arrival hits just so much better than Inception's ending Mm -hmm. sequence, where it's, like, they both kind of have this thing of, like...
0: I mean, Arrival, I know what's
1: going on, but I choose my family and relationships with humans and the human connection over whatever the hell happened previously.
0: I mean, Arrival is just like a straight up drama, though, like set within.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sort
0: of a, a grounded sci fi universe. Yeah. Um,
1: Where Inception is not. But like for Nolan to end that way. I feel like he needed a little bit more maybe grounding, I guess.
0: I feel like maybe that's why film bros really love this movie and really love a lot of Nolan's. Because I feel like a lot of his movies are, well, I mean, obviously they're really cool and all the, the explosive fun action. But at the same time, it's like it almost feels like it has a, they have sort of an emotional detachment
1: Yes, 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 there we go. Thank you. Words, Jim. I couldn't think (laughs) of, like, the right word. It's like, it fills you enough with, like, oh, I get it. It's supposed to be a bit sad and bittersweet, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't hit you enough where you're, like, sobbing at the end.
0: It's not, like, it's not not at all, like, sappy. (laughs) It completely, like, plays it straight. It tells its story through its action.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, yeah. That's why film bros love it so much and that why they wouldn't like something like Arrival. The
1: intimacy, the empathy, and the emotion within this film, I feel, is just, like, very masculine.
0: Yeah, it's like, a very masculine movie.
1: <laughs> I mean, um, if you know, there's a pattern in Nolan films. They're all about white men. So, except and, for Tenet, except Tenet. for Tenet. Until yeah. Tenet.
0: Awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But, I've, yeah, I, I think that's like... just for me with Inception. I just wanted a little more empathy. And mm-hmm. it's just a little detached emotionally in a way that... Especially because just the way Inception ends, I feel like... I, I, can, You can't give me that ending and not give me an... You need to give me more in the emotional department. Uh-huh. If you want to end that way, for me personally. That's kind of just it. Like... For me, at least, and those are like a lot of people really like this film. It's just for me, if you give me an ending like that, you need to give me a little bit more in the beginning where mm-hmm. this film is an excellent heist film and it's a great action film. And there's a lot of yeah. cool metaphors going in and out and the cinematography is great. But the ending, you, if you give me that ending, you need to give me a little more. Right. And that's why, like, I just... In the end, it's not my favorite Nolan film, or... Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still a great film. It's just... I don't... I think... Because I remember logging it in Letterboxd, and I was like, wow. Me giving it a four out of five is the lowest out of everyone I've logged it. Like, seen Log It already. Mm -hmm. I just don't... They're
0: all really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, The ones I've seen, but... I don't there is sort of a, a weird nature to his movies. And it's it's cool because like when you're watching a movie of his, you always know it's him. Like he mm-hmm. has he, it's it's one of those reasons why he's like an iconic household name now. But at the same time, like it
1: Does he get monotonous?
0: I don't know if I would say monotonous. I just I feel like I would say because I it literally wasn't something that I was thinking about up until now, but I feel like there's that Attached emotional
1: oh for sure. element to it
0: to like all of his movies because I feel like watching a Nolan movie they're all really long and mm-hmm. they're they're all really good but I I don't know I feel like a lot of times they don't really feel I think it gets pretty, me feeling much
1: I don't I haven't seen Interstellar but it does get at least for me in Memento the reason why I like it so much better is because it doesn't really some of the like it. It's detached emotionally, but it's not, like... It's not detached emotionally the way Inception feels like it's detached emotionally, but there's definitely moments in Memento where you... I don't know. It, there's just... a. I know you shouldn't judge a film by its ending, but, like, the ending of Memento is very masculine and gritty in a way, that mm-hmm. the emotional detachment feels okay. yeah. And completely fine, just because of the way that film kind of goes about, where the ending of Inception doesn't really correspond with what Nolan just gave us, you know?
0: Yeah, I feel like I really need to rewatch Interstellar because,
1: from what, I feel I'm like tell- what I've is- been told, Interstellar is like supposed to be his really like impact. Oh my god, I can't say this word. Empathy, empathy-driven film. It's yeah. like all about no, human connections and stuff it is, like that.
0: Yeah, I think I think more than any of his other movies, it's easily the most emotional uh, Whatever and empathic. The hell that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No wonder maybe it's like Memento, Inception, Interstellar, Inception. He had to do just to understand how to get there for Interstellar, maybe
2: because
1: mm-hmm. Memento is easily, I think, the most. Detached emotionally,
2: uh-huh.
1: compared to Inception and Interstellar,
0: or all of his I movies. I do I have to one think word. About that. Exc- uh, excluding the the Batman movies, or all, all his
1: prestige, or all his movies.
0: One word. I mean, the is whatever, but like, just think of it as like prestige. Following Insomnia, uh, Inception, Dunkirk,
1: Tenet. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess.
0: <laughs> it's just something I noticed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good way to end. <laughs> I think, I think also one that's really
2: titles.
0: that's that's really interesting, too, because I feel like there's sort of a strange like iconography associated with like a one word <laughs> movie name. And I think that's something that, you know, Christopher Nolan has in, in spades.
1: I don't know. His belongings are kind of short, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. he hasn't directed tall. a lot.
0: Yeah. Only He's on IMDb. He's consistent,
1: though. He, does, he puts one out every two years ever since Following.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: Following. Yeah. <laughs> that film.
0: Still need to see Following.
1: It's a, it's a cute little directorial debut, so... <laughs> I mean, I would recommend it. It's like his first time, like, dipping his tones... Well. It's his first film, but like you really see where he's gonna go as a director from that film.
2: Mhm.
0: Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I'll definitely have to check it out. And um, Insomnia and The Prestige, uh, which I hear insomnia is
1: Insomnia is fine.
0: I hear The Prestige is pretty is pretty awesome, so I have to check that out.
1: Yeah, The Prestige is that that would be a fun one to talk about. Just mm-hmm. there's some elements in the film where. I think it goes back to the Nolan thing of being just emotionally disconnected.
0: Uh-huh. He makes very good movies, but.
1: <laughs> Epitome of film bro, film bro.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah. I really want to rewatch Interstellar, though. Like, I feel like that's that'll be necessary for I, me.
1: I'm still going on my Nolan little Nolan quest, but I don't think I can do it before I get back.
0: Which one are you on UW, now? To
1: because I'm still on The Dark Knight, because I've been super lazy this week. Mm. I haven't seen a movie since I watched, like, The Prestige last week. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been just really lazy about it. Even though watching a movie is a luxury. So, but, <laughs> <laughs> <It> <laughs> but like, to- I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go watch this, this, this. I really need to vet this, and I just haven't done any of it.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, r- right now, it's like movie watching is kind of a job for this podcast so I remember last <laughs> l- last night I was like I was like I started it and I'm like I don't really want to finish it tonight <laughs> and so I just kind of finished there, it this morning
1: sometimes we like so, yeah sometimes you feel like oh I have to watch this movie because I haven't seen it in a while or I haven't seen it at all and I just need to uh but like when you're tasked to do something you just oftentimes feel like you don't want to do it
0: it's like we had the the, t- the conversation about annotations Yesterday, or yeah, not yesterday, last yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah.
1: Where, like, I will go out of my way to do annotations most of the time when I'm reading, but, like, if you tell me to do it, there's probably no. a good chance I'm not going <laughs> to do it. Uh,
0: yeah, I feel that so much. Oh, God. I'm glad I, like, never have to do English classes again.
2: <laughs> Honestly,
0: okay, did this is totally off topic. Did your high school have, um, like, college in the high school classes? no what oh okay so well, maybe this is just because like I like grew up in Washington not far from UW but um we had like UW in the high school classes and so I did like English 111 in high school oh, I yeah. Did yeah. English I was 131 my- in high school yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: I know we don't we don't have that in California it's just AP
0: mm, okay yeah, no, thank thank God that exists because I don't have to do another English composition class again. <laughs> uh, I
1: liked my composition class, I must say. It kind of turned me in the direction of, like, oh, CM, I like English, I like writing mm-hmm. again, and CMS mm-hmm. doesn't feel bad. Like, writing for CMS doesn't feel like a pain anymore because I took right. my comp class.
0: Mm-hmm. It actually was one of the the better classes I did in high school. It was just... Really, really stressful because my teacher graded like really hard.
1: Mm, mm, <laughs> yeah, I feel I had a pretty lax professor at mm. UW. I really liked her.
0: That's so weird. I've heard all the all the like the 131 professors are super chill here. Oh, well,
1: I had like I, I took English 182. It was multimodal, and we mm. made like memes and stuff like that, which was okay. Fun. And but we had to write about it. It was kind of weird. But um, yeah. But that should do it for our Inception podcast. Yeah. Good movie. You should definitely check it out. Not my favorite of Nolan's, but still mm-hmm. a very good film. Acting's great. Cinematography's great. Metaphors are interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Oh, one last thing. Do you think he was in a dream the whole time? Or do you think when he says he's in reality, he's in reality. And when he's dreaming, he's dreaming.
0: It's one of those things where I don't...
1: I you don't like, care?
0: I feel like... Well, I feel like not even, like, Nolan has a clear answer. Mm-hmm. I feel like, it's just one of those things that's completely... Because you see it spinning, and it's completely straight. And then you see it sort of topple a little bit, and then it cuts to black.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so... Um, well, no,
1: I think he ends up in the dream, at least. he, At least at the end, I think, personally, he's in a dream.
0: I don't know what I think.
1: That's the way I choose to think it, because, for me, I like those... I like that ending better, <laughs> but
2: I feel like that. That's makes probably it
1: why. That's probably more, why um, I don't like. It. I, there's parts of it that I don't like. Is because I choose to interpret it that way.
0: I I think that would make it a lot more interesting because it's like okay, he's in a dream still, but this is what he's choosing to actually be his reality.
1: Well, yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but that's also because of that ending, and that's the way I thought about it. It kind of... I wanted a little more from Inception. Mm-hmm. But, like, do you think he was in a dream the whole time? Like, the whole movie was a dream.
0: Mm. Oh. Mm.
1: That's what I meant. I, for me, the ending is he's in a dream.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't know. You answer first.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I think... I think it's real and then dream, mainly because, like, I I was, like, reading theories about, like, oh, it would make more sense that he was in a dream the whole time and I just don't want to go there. Like, in my head, it's like, this movie's already really complicated in, like, what, in its plot devices. I don't want to think more about the consequences of what if he was in a dream the whole time. Like, Mm -hmm. so these were the things that he thinks of in his dreams. He just thinks of Ellen Page's character as something that makes sense in his world, like a heist is something that he makes sense in the world. Mm -hmm. The only thing that would, for me, that kind of supports the dream the whole time is when Marie Cotillard, that's not her name, yeah, Cobb's wife is like, think about it. You've been in a dream the whole time. Like, all these people seem to be after you. You are not safe anywhere.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Why is that the reason? That's the only thing where I was like, oh, maybe then. But I like to think there was like when he's in real when he thinks he's in reality, he's in reality. And when he thinks he's in a dream, he's in a dream until the end where he chooses the dream as his reality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think maybe the spinning top sort of um, sort of shakes a little bit as like a just to throw people off hmm At the end. Well, um, for me, I was like... That, that's what causes the, the discussion. Was
1: the wobble, like... Was the... For me, I was like, oh, was the wobble just because, like, they couldn't get it to spin the whole time straight? <laughs> that was the first thing I, mean, I thought. And then I was like, no, it's probably on purpose because of yeah, course it is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: they... They, they could have done something. Oh, with, for sure. For <laughs> sure.
1: Have it, you seen the cinematography yeah. in this film? They definitely could have made it go straight the whole. <laughs> time. Out of
0: everything that that they managed to achieve <laughs> with the cinematography and the effects, they couldn't get it to keep spinning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, oh, but yeah.
0: No, yeah, I, I, I agree that I also think it's like there's parts of it that are in actual reality, and then parts mm-hmm. that are yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a very good movie.
1: Yeah. Sorry for the first twenty-five minutes talking about IMDB <laughs> being bad. And then and me using Wikipedia and real life getting the wrong answer from Wikipedia. But
0: <laughs> Rip. And then and then me complaining about the Lion King reboot. But anyway, what are we talking about next week?
1: Um, if we see if we both see it in time, I hope hopefully at Astra, I really like I really want to see it unless you want to do a bad film we can do a bad film we don't know
0: i kind of want to do a bad movie
1: next week is going to be like both of us moving into wherever we're going and so it's going to be kind of busy so we'll see
0: yeah i'm not i'm not sure
1: i I don't think i can go to a theater
0: yeah i don't know if i will will be able to either although i really want to see hustlers so (laughs) i I might have to make time
1: see hustlers honesty hustlers so bad
0: but like next week is going to be wild for me because i work monday tuesday wednesday Mm -hmm. and then i have thursday to finish packing and then i move friday (laughs) so it'll be uh it'll be a packed week
1: yeah i think i'll have a little extra time in the middle but yeah Mm -hmm. so don't be surprised if the podcast after next week's gonna be late sorry
0: Yeah. Sorry, sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Things out of our control. But yeah, anyway. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. You can catch our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And then you can find us on Facebook at UW Film Club. And then on Instagram and Twitter at Film Club UW. Catch us next week for whatever we end up doing. Or maybe not if we end up being late. I hope (laughs) we do
1: something. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: But again, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys whenever we see you next. And uh, bye-bye.